or was it man Markham, would like to dedicate today's episode to Jeremy Whitson. 17 years old is no age at all. None of us here could even begin to imagine the pain his family is going through, but we send all of our deepest condolences for your loss. The reasons for suicide are often varied and deeply nuanced. Whatever they are, we hope Jeremy has now found some peace. Depression, whatever the trigger, is a horrible and devastating illness, one that none of us will ever be immune to. During these of all times, please remember to be kind, be respectful, be vigilant, be there for your friends and for your family. Depression is a silent killer. Don't forget that you have a voice and you have ears. Talk, listen, whenever you can. Would Tramie be fighting it as hard if they were 15th in the league? Not for me, Clive. You know, you've got Sunderland, Portsmouth and Ipswich in our league now, in League One. They're massive clubs. Not for me, Clive. Because it will come back around, there will be something that will benefit other people as well. Not for me, Clive. Hello and welcome to Man Marking. Today is another episode of Not For Me Clive. I'm joined by A. Olsen and R. Pulford. Chaps, how are we? Ryan, are we okay, mate? I'm, I'm very well. Slightly cold, but very well. I know, I noticed you've got your coat on. Yeah. Lovely. Mm. And? Yeah, right. <laughs> are you cold? Uh, no, I've got a hoodie on. Hot? Yeah. You're always hot stuff. Smoking. You are smoking. Mm. Um, have either of you watched any football this week? I watch Tramia, but I don't know whether it's football. No, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't count. Um, Ryan, any football? I watched a little bit of Rangers. Rangers. Although I missed that outrageous goal. Yeah, that Kamar Roof goal. And I watched a little bit of <laughs> Arsenal. How was that? I missed their goals as well. <laughs> 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 I listen to a football podcast here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I um, was disappointed when I saw the highlights of that Kamar Roof goal that they didn't do a shot of Gerard on the bench looking proud as punch. I was wondering where you were going to go with that when you said disappointed, and I was like, "How could you be disappointed?" Oh, it was a superb part? goal. Even I can't criticize. It's just that. running through the battle of the Somme and just booted the goal, blowing the goal. <laughs> he looks so happy about it as well. Anyway, so today's episode. Um, so what we were going to talk about in today's episode was uh, gambling's relationship with football. The Guardian Football Weekly did an episode on that the other week, which we all listened to and enjoyed greatly. So what we wanted to do was try and come at it from a slightly different angle, because it's something that we've wanted to discuss for a while. So the question or the topic that we've got today is, can you be a football fan and avoid gambling? So what we're going to do is, we are going to be asking uh, my two lovely guests, my two lovely co-hosts, Ryan and Anthony, some. See how we change from guest to co-host. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt like because I'm in, I'm on one side of the table, and you two are socially distanced on the other side of the table. I kind of <laughs> went. I felt a bit Terry Wogan, <laughs> to be honest with you. Anyway, so I'm going to be asking you two some questions about your own gambling um, exploits, and also how you kind of interact with sport and football. What we've also done is we've been exchanging emails with a company called Gamstop, who are a, a gambling awareness company, and they've put us in touch with a, a chap called Bray Ash, who works with them, who is a recovering gambling addict. And what we've done is we've asked him three questions, which he's provided some answers for us. And what we're going to do is we're going to play his answers, and then we're going to have a discussion on the back of some of those themes that have come up in his answers um, and move through the episode like that. Um so to introduce Bray, he's 27, uh, experienced gambling addiction first and when he was in higher education. It was at university when it first properly started 
And that was when he had a lot of money, student finance, support from his parents, things like that. He would go to the casino after a night out or to the bookies and mostly he'd gamble online. And as time was going on, it was just escalating more and more and it took over his life. He wasn't going into uni, he was just sitting at home gambling. And then he went to a second university, ended up gambling away his entire student loan in the first 24 hours. So Bray's got quite an extensive experience of gambling and his experience was done a lot of it through football as well and online gambling. So he's kind of the perfect person to to answer our questions. Same age as well. Yeah, exactly the same age as us. Um, So the first question that we asked Bray was, what advice would you give to someone who likes to gamble and gambles responsibly to ensure that they don't become a problem gambler or an addict? So before we let him answer that question, problem gambling, which I did a little bit of Googling. Oh, nice. uh, the, The definition of a problem gambler is any gambling behavior that disrupts your life if you're preoccupied with gambling, spending more and more time and money on it, chasing losses or gambling despite serious consequences in your life. So that's kind of how it's defined. So this is what Bray had to say. You know, I think gambling and in anything is such a big part, you know, in, in the history of this country, it's such a big pastime and it sort of runs in generations of families that people gamble. And I think now on, as gambling's boomed in the last 10, 15 years with, the, with online, you can go anywhere and it's completely changed. And more and more people are now gambling that wouldn't have gambled before the, you know, the internet boom and before the adverts on TV, you know, there's been a massive rise in, for example, female gamblers in especially on the slots and bingo because of the adverts, you know, and there's certain websites that are, um, certain, um, yeah, certain websites that target women and adverts as well. So it's definitely become harder for people, I'd say, to gamble responsibly, although, you know, a lot of people can do it. Um, you know, I've got a friend who I know, he will just gamble £20 a week on football um, but he has that discipline and a lot of people do and that's great but gambling is such a high risk um, such a volatile well, high risk as well but volatile product you know there is there's warning signs everywhere like gamble responsibly you know and then with links to all the, you know awareness about the harm it can cause to you you know and this is a product that's essentially on sale in the high street so you know you don't go and buy some food and you've got all these warning signs attached to it because if there was they wouldn't be selling it or you wouldn't eat it so gambling is a very um yeah gambling is a very dangerous product that is on sale but i'm glad that a lot of people can do it um responsibly but for those who can't or think that they can but they start to struggle i think definitely stick to a weekly budget you know um like my friend does he does that and that work that works really well for him I think as well, you need to sort of be open with your partner about partner or family or friends or just anyone about, you know, if you do have a bet that weekend or if you do gamble. And I think a lot of um, men who do like sport and because you go to football would have a bet as well. So that's something they could talk about. But I guess your friends would then recognise signs of, um, he's betting a bit more here or the stakes are increasing or... You know, things like as well, people might start betting on the midweek matches as well as the Saturday matches um, because they think, oh, I've had a few wins and this is great. Or they've lost on the Saturday, so they're trying to chase that loss. Um, Increasing your stakes as well is something to be aware of. Um, You know, some people might, like I said, they have a win and they think, oh, it's great. I can gamble even more. But then actually what they've done is they've lost and then they start to chase that loss. Um... 
as well as spending a lot of time looking up your what you're going to bet on um and obviously people you know look at you know the tables and whatever but if you if you notice you're expecting extensively spending hours and hours on you know looking at form fixtures and all this kind of stuff and it's you know a long longer than you used to do then then that's a sign to me that the gambling starting to you know get hold of you and start to take over especially if you know, you'd rather stay in on a midweek and bet on a match when actually you normally you'd be going out with your friends or you'd be going out for dinner with your family or friends or partner, whatever, you know, it's sort of the gambling is sort of replacing um, other positive activities in your life and the gambling's then having a negative effect on you or starting to have a slow negative effect. Um, and I think as well, if it's, you know, you're... Pete, you know, you should gamble as much as you can afford to lose. But if you're losing and you're getting really emotionally agitated and angry and frustrated and you're relying on that bet to come in to give you your money, that's really a really unhealthy unhealthy sign and unhealthy effect on you and others around you. And it's also not great for your mental health to, you know, be lying on, I bet, to win to whatever, you know, run your car, feed your family, etc. So those are some of the early signs, you know, and... Um, to those people who can gamble responsibly, that's great. But you know, you do have to always be aware because it's as, as I know, you can get very quickly sucked, sucked into the gambling. First question, then, Ryan, and I'm going to start with you. Just briefly describe your relationship with gambling. Um, probably quite consistent. I'd like to say under control. Um. But it's probably something that I haven't really thought about too deeply until recently. Um, that Guardian episode um, kind of made you realise how easy it is to get drawn into it and how it just naturally becomes a part of your life without you even realising. Mm. I do bet, I'd say, during the football season, it's not often I don't bet on on the Saturday. But the problem with now that is with covid and, and all that's gone on it seems that football's on every night mm. so it probably has gone up over the last seven months i'd say um i've never gotten to a situation where i've been unable to pay bills or i've, I've caused me great concern but i probably do have less money in my pocket because of it mm. um so yeah it, it's a tricky one my relationship with it because I feel like it's it's something that is under control, as I've mentioned. It's it's c- consistent. It's it's most weeks, but I suppose it's it that is in itself a, a type of an addiction. If it is every week, but it's just one that you probably I've never put emphasis on being an addiction. I've never described it as an addiction. But if I smoked every week in the same way, you'd probably say I was addicted to cigarettes. Mm. Or if I did anything with the same consistency I bet with. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it, it's a weird one, really. I'm not a big steak sort of person. I'm a couple of hackers, anything between 5 and £20. Pound. Yeah. Um, I don't really play anything like slot machines or roulette, but I have done in the past. I think I mentioned on Mark Nicolapalios's episode that at the start of lockdown, I, I played it a little bit, and the second it, it got a bit silly, I just... Banned myself. I did one of them cooling off periods for 30, 30 days, and I've, I've never been back on it since. So I don't think I've got an overly addictive personality in that sense because when I lose, I, I really get annoyed. So I, I don't really chase losses, which I think's allowed me to keep it fairly 
under control and a bit more as like a, a fun hobby alongside football. But it is definitely something I do. And same question to you then. Do you describe your relationship with gambling? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, long, <laughs> extensive. Um, and so is the relationship with gambling. I did, um, <laughs> but look, my, my, my relationship with, with, uh, with gambling, I, I think you've, well, certainly my family, we were first introduced to it with like stuff like the Grand National and, mm. and stuff like that when you're younger and, you know, you don't really know what's going on. You're just picking a nice name of a horse, aren't you? You know, I think the first one I remember of mine at one was, was Hedgehunter back in like 2005, 2006, something like that. So like your, you would say that was your first first bet? You would, you well, would, technically it is, yeah. yeah I, I, I think at, at that point, I mean, I, I wasn't putting it on, but it, it's, it's kind of seen as like a... Know, a fun little thing, do a bit of a sweep and, and go and put one on and you put like, I don't know, 50p each way and, and see what happens. Um, over the years, I think it, it really kind of took off uh, similar to, to Bray where, you know, you, you go into uni, you're 18, you, you're allowed in these bookmaker shops yeah. now and, um, you know, there's not really much to do in uni, to be honest. I, I know people go, well, you've got work and, and, and stuff and mm. it's not really much to do. You can sit at home and, and do whatever you want. Um, it kind of got introduced to me like the first year of uni um, started mainly like football but it wasn't anything like big it'd be like the odds like accumulated for a pound and, and, and stuff like that and then I think there was a there was actually a night where me and my mate in uni actually just went around and just started signing up on all like the free free offers but it, it wasn't really like bad we weren't pouring money in it would be like you know you put 10 quid in you you get a free twenty pound bet and you yeah. ten quid away and you and you sorted um, and and it was c- kind of like that. Uh, I think as it went on, I think I think I remember the second year. I think <laughs> we were bored in the house and uh, I think it was like late night and they had them um, casinos on like Channel Five or whatever. And we would you know we, for fun you know it was like oh but lands on one of our birthdays we'll go to Blackpool because we were in Preston at the time so it was like yeah. seventeen miles away we'll go to Blackpool go to a casino. And obviously it landed on one of our birthdays. There was about six of us in the house, so yeah. we had a good chance. Like you're narrowing the odds down there. Like. <laughs> we had a good chance. So um, yeah, it was different. Funnily enough, no one had the birthday of uh, the 36th. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was kind of stuff like that. So at that point, it was fun. Um, as it's gone on and on, it's become a little bit. Um, I become more interested in it, more interested in the sports, particularly like horse racing. Football is always an interest. It's quite easy to to know about football. Yeah. The ins and outs of like betting and that is a completely different thing. But you know, I was always I actually learned about like you know like odds and stuff like that. I could tell you how much you get returns and, and stuff pretty much off the top of my head. Um, so it, it was kind of one of them. You go on and on. I think as it's gone on become more aware to me that it's mm. it's uh, probably is a bit of an issue probably does need to be reined in it was never an issue back in uni um where you'd be like gambling you know like braze gambling student loans away. Yeah, it was never yeah. that never that serious then it, but as it goes on i think it wears you down i think yeah. it is one of those type of things where it can wear you down it can wear you know when you have a little look i think we put it in our, our groups a couple of times you know yeah. a profit and loss thing and i think it's the most embarrassing thing i've ever have a look yeah, at that really yeah, it's horrible it's, yeah. absolutely horrible you're going oh god that's like a holiday yeah not that anyone's going on but it's like a holiday like yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like oh christ so but then how much would you say you kind of what would be your average stake then 
So I'm, I'm always, my head's always going to go, oh yeah, just say like 50 quid. My average stake on a bet. Yeah, yeah. One single bet on a horse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10 quid. 10 easy. quid, yeah. And, you, and you're looking at that and you're going, there's quite a lot of horse races out there yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. And it's never been as much as football because it's more, it's a bigger chance. So if you're putting, a, putting an accumulator on, you know, the, the likelihood is the odds are going to be like 40 to one plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you like, oh, I'll put a five in on because that's like, you know, fair enough. Still going to bring the same amount of money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there have been times where we're going, like to people, why have you backed that with like five quid? Why don't you just back it properly with like 10? Yeah, like, that's, yeah. That's bad. You can't really say that. And it's only looking back when you, when you, you know, oh, I shouldn't really be doing that. Does a part of that come down to that thing of, um, what would the word be? Kind of like, like don't be a shit house better better no, bet properly no not not really it comes down to, to like kind of intelligence i i think like a competitive nature if i'm going to take yeah. it i'm going to take the money away from it from a bookie and that's that's a dangerous thing as well there's mm. a lot of a uh, lot of like talk within like you know betting circles and gambling circles it's like you against the bookie and it's, it's not yeah you're not against anyone like you're against yourself yeah, <laughs> so it, it, it's really difficult. And if you come, try and take the bookie on, ultimately you're gonna lose. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's it's like competitive nature, and it's it's whipped up, and it, it it's it's dangerous really when you look at it and you're going, you know, Keith Star Bet or whatever is mm. is not really trying to take my money. He's just going, you're you're a divvy if you're coming to me. Like yeah. I've got a chance here. I've got more of a chance than you. And look, there's a there's a there's a clear responsible way of doing it. And I think that works. I think he, I'm genuinely a believer that you can do that and you can go and be responsible and, and, and the like. And But it it usually comes after a lot of education. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, and, and a lot of losses and a yeah. lot of realisation of like, oh God. So then my next question would be, and it's kind of a simple question, but it's probably not got a simple answer, would be, do you enjoy gambling? Ryan, I'll go to you first. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I do. I think one of the reasons why I gamble is because it feels like you can apply knowledge um, and because I love football so much and I feel like I've got a decent grasp of what's going on in football. You feel like your odds are increased, but that's probably a dangerous thing to do because there's so much human element into football that you can apply knowledge, you know who's the better team, you know who's in the better form, but you never really know what's going to happen in those 90 minutes. And I think as well, as as Anne sort of loosely touched on, you you always I think you get drawn into the odds too much. So sometimes when you're doing a bet, it would make a lot more sense to put fifty pound on an eight to one than it would to put ten pound on a forty to one. But you sort of get roped into ah, oh, that's a good price. Why is it a good price? They priced it like that on purpose and it's kinda like it's hard not to get drawn in. You have like a gut instinct and then you have like using your brain and mm. most of the time it's just off that gut instinct of oh Carlisle could get a result at old Oldham the yeah, three to yeah. one and then you go I'm betting on them because the three to one I probably don't actually think they're going to win if I think about it although Oldham do normally get beat Um <laughs> so yeah go back to the original question because I've gone off a bit there what did you say do you enjoy gambling do I enjoy yeah, I, I think I do yeah because I even do things like the lottery as well it's it's I suppose gambling comes in all different forms, but I do you, do, in, do, I do, you enjoy, do you enjoy yeah. it in the same way that you would say enjoy like going to match or enjoy going out no, for a meal? No, not at all. Because I could, if if you said to me, you've got to live without one gambling or going to match. Hands down, going to match would always win. I, I would. I'd stop gambling, but 
it is something that has become, as I mentioned earlier, just a normal part of my routine. Yeah. Which, as I said, I literally put a bet on without even realising subconsciously about 20 minutes before we recorded this. Mm. Um, just because so, it's habit, like a habit thing. Yeah, it's just like, oh, what the games are on. It's like you pick your fantasy team, you put your bet on, you watch the match. Yeah. It's like it happens and it's in, very that, easy in that to do order. As well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So same question to you then, and do you enjoy gambling? Uh, yeah, it's going good, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I do. I do like gambling. I do like the sports as well that are involved. Um, obviously, I mentioned horse racing. We're talking about football as well. Um, the ones I know about, yeah, completely enjoy it. Um, I enjoy, you know, to a point, I think. Yeah. And I think the enjoyment does drop as soon as you start to like spiral a little bit but yeah no I do enjoy it I do enjoy I enjoy the sports as well so I enjoy football I enjoy horse racing um but it, it's a it's a kind of fraught relationship yeah. isn't it really I think by it, its very nature yeah it's difficult isn't it you, you, why would you enjoy throwing under pound a month down the down the drain really yeah. or giving it to someone else like it, it's it's difficult it's not a charity it's not going to help anyone else i think when ryan brings up that national lottery um enjoying that i mean uh, it's, i don't enjoy that as much just no no i know <laughs> i know but it, that scene is i think there's a separate point but that's just seen as like a, a nice charitable thing and it's it's great but i think that has such an impact on people's lives because it's like you know, like the scratch cards and stuff is like an instant win mm. kind of thing. It's like it's the chances are ridiculously low, and it's so stacked in 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 the favor. I know someone wins, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's well, ridiculous. Your chances of winning because it's something like the stat was like, oh, if you walk to go and buy the ticket, you got more chance of being hit by a bus, kind of thing. Yeah, and the chances of being hit by a bus are, are relatively. Um, oh, I fucking hope so. <laughs> relatively long, so I walk quite a lot of places, <laughs> a lot of buses. Yeah, but to, to answer it, no, I do enjoy gambling. I enjoy the enjoy the like kind of social element of it and, and, and the like, you know, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, like World Cups and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, when you've got so many games on a day, the, the like Boxing Day periods and, and you know, I've won an accolade, so oh, great, get in, I'll, I'll get the round in first yeah. and blah, 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 which usually happens. Or the group hacker, which we do every week. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. So I do enjoy that and it's it's fun. Like that that part of it's fun. It, it's kind of, for myself, the, the disappointing part of it is when you're on your own and you, you go and, oh, I'm, I'm going to try and win this and win that and you're like... That's no, probably not really yeah. necessary. I, I think is the is the point as well. It's not really necessary. So that's 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 nicely brought me on to my next question. Then would be: Is the money that you've lost or the amount that you've gambled ever something that you've not told somebody about, or you know, fudged the figures oh, because yeah. you've you've felt embarrassed about oh, it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you turn around to someone and go, "Oh, do you know what I've actually done? I've uh, I bought something that doesn't work, but I'm keeping it." Yeah. that's exactly the same thing like I've just poured loads of money in oh, of course I have yeah I'm like, it's embarrassing it is embarrassing it's tough I've, I've done it to friends I've done it to family I've done it to, to my partner it is the hardest thing in the world to admit that first of all you're wrong yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is difficult and second of all oh you know that money that we needed for this this and this I've, I've you know thrown it down yeah, yeah, yeah thrown it down Mr. William Hill down there like it, it's it's very very difficult and yeah of course it, it's it's not the right thing to do um, but you've got to talk to someone about it eventually and I think there was actually points uh, earlier this year where I had my girlfriend checking like bank statements and stuff with my consent it wasn't like a yeah yeah it wasn't yeah. like a you, well, know, you, were, you were buying a house weren't you yeah exactly and it, it's kind of like 
she added them up and I went, she went, how much do you think you've spent? I went, like 200 quid. She went, no, you haven't. You spent like 470 odd. And I went, oh. And then you're kind of like, oh, that's not good. Mm. If I don't realise how when much it's in, it is. When it's in black and white as yeah. well, it's more. And like, I wasn't like taking in anything. I mean, what most people do is go, well, yeah, but I brought in like 180. Yeah. So really it's like 90-ish and you're like, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. you're willing to risk spending like 400 quid. And it, you know, it's like net spend, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like another <laughs> extension of it. It's ridiculous. So then same question to you then, right? Is it ever something that you've, as I say, have you ever concealed it or not told someone about it or been like, oh, fuck, I'm not telling anybody about that? Um, I th- Yeah, like indirectly. Mm. I have never avoided the question. I've just never brought it up, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like... <laughs> Minus. So if if, if Rachel was your your yeah. your girlfriend, yeah. you're in the same position that that Ant was in at the start of the year, where you're buying, buying a house, house at the yeah, moment. Yeah. So that involves obviously bank statements and that sort of thing. Yeah. If Rachel was to ask you the same question, how much do you think <laughs> you gambled? Yeah. Would you be like, shit? I'd say, what's that over there? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I've got uh, on Skybet they have the and the other bookmakers like a profit and loss thing yeah. and I think I had a big win earlier in the year so I checked just then my 12 months I'm up like 190 quid or something random so it wouldn't actually appear that bad but if I showed what was the stake it's probably a figure she'd be surprised at yeah. so it's exactly what Anne said you can't really justify how much you bet by the winnings because there's a good chance you won't win. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. how much would you still bet if you didn't win? Probably more than the amount you won, if mm. that makes sense. So, yeah, it's not something I openly discuss with anyone other than maybe my friends because it's weird in group chats. You end up, if you think your bet's going to come in instinctively, you just send Screen it in, going, oh, I'm waiting on this. And then ultimately it doesn't come in. Yeah. And you go, oh, you're unlucky, lad. And then, like, you're thinking, oh, why do I even show anyone? Bet you it would have won if I didn't show you. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It does and then you sometimes. just tweet, I hate Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do I do think you, you need to be on top of it. And I think knowing what you've bet is a bit of an eye-opener because £10 doesn't feel a lot. £20 sometimes doesn't feel a lot. But if you go, there's a game on a Friday, there's a game on a Saturday, then there's the Super Sunday, then there's a game on a Monday, then there's Champions League, then there's Europa, Europa League. League. It ends up being a weekly thing. It used to mm. be a Saturday thing, and that's the danger of it for me because it's as Anne said, you can you can bet ten pound on a horse, or you can bet ten pound on the Saturday, but if you're not only betting on one race, and if you're not mm. only betting on one game, and it's a cumulative that would be my issue with it. I'm not a big gambler. I'm a, as I said, I'm a consistent gambler, and if you have a lot of losses on back to back, you're going to be a lot of money down. Yeah. Um, I th- th- I'm quite fortunate is I get angry about losing money, so I've, that's the one thing that keeps me in check. That I have never really chased the losses too much, but one thing I have done, which is dangerous, is spent a lot of the winnings. Mm. So it's very say you have a really nice win, couple hundred quid. How much of that you keep? So <laughs> when you're losing. You don't walk away, and when you're winning, you don't walk away, and it's a dangerous concoction. I um, never win, but whenever I've won in the past, what I tend to do is, if it's like an accumulator, like I won 350 quid on an accumulator once, one of our group hackers, mm. Millwall beat Berry. Yeah. Why were they playing Berry? League One, they were. It was a while ago, this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Millwall scores in like the last minute or something. Yeah. I went so mad, I tripped over a mug that was 
stood that was sat next to me chair. Stood. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on, on, carry on. So I fell over. Anyway, so I won 350 quid off a fiver. So I took 345 out and just left the stake. Uh, that was the way that I did it. Can I actually, something you just reminded me, I won 2000 and something about 18 months ago. And the first thing I did, because we were saving for the house, is I rang Rachel and told her the exact amount I'd won. Because we had like savings we were putting into, mm. and I, I did it on purpose because I knew I could have easily gone. Oh, I won fifteen hundred quid. Yeah, and yeah, kept yeah. like six hundred. Well, keeps quid. you accountable. So I, I, I just told her straight away, and I just lashed it straight in the account. And I, I remember at the time being like, oh, I could put five hundred quid on that, and like a two to one and double it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, you do think yeah, when yeah. you when you've got money, it's easier to make money. But I inst- that was the one time I, I actually was open about it because I knew I couldn't get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which because it was. A significant amount of money. Exactly, yeah, and unfortunately, that 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 was a positive experience with gambling. But they're very few and far between. I could go the rest of my life yeah. and never win that amount of money. So I think that's that's a big point. Like you yeah. can you can actually do that. You could go from now till you till you go without winning. Yeah, because the chances are so ridiculous. And I think when you were talking before about the gods and stuff, I think what people are going to remember is that it's just a prediction. It's a prediction by bookmakers based on certain factors and certain certain elements, which is fine. That that's absolutely fine. But you know that doesn't mean you've got more chance. Really, mm. I, I don't think that means you've got more chance. And then it's it's the same with like in a horse race. You've got like ten horses. One will be like odds on favourites. That doesn't mean that's going to win. And I think that's that's you know good and bad thing if you view it in a way that like. Well, actually, this is kind of like dodgy. I don't really fancy this. Yeah. I think that would, if you're in that mentality, that drive you to go. Well, I'll just put a bit of a smaller stake on. But if you're in a in a mentality of like, well, actually, the favourite's there to be taken on. I'll just lash a little money. That it's kind of kind of a bit strange. Where, where, where you like, it depends on like mentality how mm. you wake up that day. And I think as well <laughs> on top of that, which the bookies have done successfully well. I don't think you can do something successfully. I suppose you can. Um, is that you're not just betting on outcome anymore. So if I said to Danny, um, I bet you I could jump higher than you, for example. And it was just either Danny's going to jump higher or I am and the winner gets a tenner. That, that, that you're 50-50. In football, historically, it was... Well, winning. you're not 50-50, meniscus. Oh, true. <laughs> but you historically, it was win lose or draw but now it's win both teams to score or oh, a yeah, score yeah. cast or you can the, the amount of markets you can bet on everything can't corners you? yellow cards so now even if they they've lost a load of money because man united have been beating the fa cup by like a lincoln and they've give like 15 to 1 and someone's lash money on it they've probably won more money on that game because someone's bet on corners someone's oh, bet yeah. on both yeah. teams to score someone's bet on paul pogba to have a piss at half time but whatever <laughs> you wanted to bet on it's insane I'm uh, I'm going to move us on to, to Bray's next answer. Um, so the next question that we asked Bray was, how can football fans who are gambling addicts or problem gamblers stay safe when going to the match and watching football on television? Well, personally, um, I have some experience with this. I normally um, go to football on a Saturday before, obviously, the pandemic hit. Um, and I also in- enjoy watching football as well and... When I do go to football, I often find that my friends or people around me um, that are at the match, they've all normally got bets on. So it's something that can be difficult to avoid. I mean, normally my friends won't really sort of talk about it around me. Um, but sometimes it does just kind of happen or they take their phone out and they, they're checking the scores, but they also then check 
you know, check their football bet on. And if we're looking at the scores, you see it, you know, it, sometimes it, it's unavoidable, but overall my friends don't really talk about it. But obviously I do hear people around me talking about it um, because betting and football is such a, such a big thing. And um, <clears throat> especially it's difficult to stay safe as well when the shirt sponsors, um, I mean, half the premiership teams are sponsored by gambling companies I think about 17 out of the 24 championship clubs are sponsored by gambling teams. You've got adverts all around the pitch. Um, and if you're watching at home, there's TV adverts about gambling. So it is very, very difficult to avoid. Um, at, at times, even when you're trying to avoid it, sometimes you cannot do that. So my sort of advice to anyone who is struggling with their gambling but enjoys football and wants to continue watching football or going to football would be to, as much as you can, reduce the exposure um, of the gambling. So that might mean if you have to watch less football, um, that might be something that you have to do if that's going to reduce the temptation or not go to football for a while. Um, you know, if, you're, if you do want to recover, then sometimes sort of things, sacrifice you have to make. I mean, at the moment with the pandemic, there's you know, so much football and all, all the time. Um, but I'm just pick and choosing the matches that I want to watch. Um, you know, if I was going to watch a match, I'd watch rather a match, watch, you know, Liverpool versus Man City than I would, um, you know, but, uh, Burnley versus West Brom or someone like that because it's just a better match. So I'm watching less sport and I'm picking and choosing what I watch. So that's one thing I would um, recommend, reducing your exposure Another thing would be um, ask your friends not to mention their bets or talk about betting around you. Um, I, I was um, around a friend's house watching a match previously and people were talking about betting, but the people didn't know about my um, gambling issue because they were friends of friends. But if you're with your own friends that you would either go to a match with um, or would have known you for a while, just you know, say to them, oh, can you not mention it? That you know that would help, and as, your, as someone who's your friend, they want to support support you as well. And the another option you have um, would be just to completely ban yourself. So you know, using the gam ban, going on gam ban, and that would completely ban you from everything online, which is something that I've done, and I found it to be really effective for myself. Um, it's just sort of turn that sort of temptation, sort of light bulb switch off in my brain. Um, and you can also self-exclude from shops as well, um, which is another thing that I've also done um, just as a, another sort of precaution and safety measure. So as much as with the um, gambling adverts and gambling in sport and the football that you will be exposed to it, you can definitely um, stay safe and reduce your exposure to it um, or, or ban yourself um, completely from either online or shops if that's going to be, you know, what, what you need to do going, going forward, which I know is a, is a big step for people. But if you want to recover as an addict, then for some people that is the, the necessary stop, the, the complete ban. Um, you know, like I said, it has, it has worked for me and I know it's worked for plenty of other people. Okay, so Ant, I'm going to come to you for the next question first. So, can you watch football without gambling? Absolutely, I can. Like, genuinely. That's, that's God's honest truth, I can. Um, it doesn't really make it any more enjoyable, uh, to be honest. Okay, uh, let me frame the question differently then. Can you watch horse racing without gambling on it? I can. 
Do I? No. <laughs> um, not recently, anyway. I just had to like stay away from it a little bit more often than than I have been. I do like watching horse racing. Um, Can anybody watch? Do you think horse racing feels to me like I don't? I would only watch horse racing if I was at the races with a bet on, or it was the national. I just mm. wouldn't watch it otherwise. I know you're more interested in horse racing, but yeah, look, I watched it the other day. Um, I didn't have a bet on it. I think it was a, a race in Paris, uh, one of the flat, like big flat races of the year. Um, I watched it the other day, and it, look, it was enjoyable. It's, it's quite still quite hard to predict who's going to win. Mm. Like, um, but yeah, it, look, it was enjoyable. It was, it was didn't really have. To, you don't get that same buzz. Not that I think. So do you enjoy it more with with it, a bet on? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. That, it, there's more at stake, isn't mm. there? Like, literally, there, there, there is. There's, you know, you want to be right. You want to prove someone wrong. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it. Look, you want to prove that you picked the right, the right one out of twenty. Yeah. Um, with football, it's not really like that. Mm. <laughs> Partly because I don't know if anyone else would would relate to this. It's not instant like at mm. all football, so it doesn't really bother me. Well, we have when we had Scott Davis on, he was talking about that, wasn't he? How mm. you used to bet on the dogs and the, the horse racing because you got that instant gratification, whereas you have to wait with football. Do, dogs for me was a bit like there's no rules in it, so there's no like value for money. Where it, as it seems like, which is a strange thing to say, but it seems like horse racing's got a, got rules, like kind of yeah, set yeah, in stone. Yeah. It's not like you know, and you you can bet in a way that goes, oh, well, I'll just put five, ten pounds, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and if that gives me a bit of a, a ride for me money, that's fine. With football, again, it's like a slow burner kind of thing. And the same with the NFL, it's a slow burner kind of thing. So I, my answer to the, to the football question is, yeah, I can watch football without gambling and I can enjoy it in, in, in much pretty much the same way. And I suppose... Uh, that's partly because I, I watch live football, so I, yeah. I, I go to the game and, I, and I'm all right. So it, I, it gives you something to do, I suppose. Yeah, there's, I mean, we've spoken about it many times now. There's a distinct difference between watching football on the telly and going to a match or match. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's probably less enjoyable watching a match at home anyway. Mm. But So, uh, do you, have you found it more difficult to disassociate the gambling and the football during the pandemic because we haven't been able to go? I think I, um, I, think I tried to have a little gamble. You know when the German football came back? Yeah. Tried to have a little go then and I was just... Didn't it just bored me? Mm. Like there was no enjoyment in it at all. Like doing either thing, like watching it, no enjoyment. Putting a bet on it. Is that because you've got no attachment to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's zero attachment to me Mm. watching Hair to Berlin play football. It's just not the same thing. And I know people go, well, there's no attachment to watching or like betting on like the likes of Millwall or or Barnsley or any club in an acker. But the attachment is that I get to do it with my friends and we're kind of involved in, in mm. that way and in, in, in a responsible way as well. So that's probably why I haven't felt like I need to go and do it more mm. because I also am, I don't want to say I'm experienced in, in, in gambling, but the product's different. So you're not buying the same thing. If you, if you want to look at it that way, you're not buying into the same yeah, thing. Yeah. It, it's a... You know, when have you ever seen seven two results, six one results that often? The, the amount of goals only on, only at Sunday League level. <laughs> it's a completely different game as well. So I don't think I think I don't think for me personally, and that might be from from a number of different things. Whether it's like a conscious effort to to try and move away from from gambling itself or gambling more regularly, um, but I do think it's it's a different product entirely. I don't think you're betting on the same thing, and I also don't think the knowledge is there. 
personally, I don't know enough mm. about it to go, I'll go and pick um, a first goal scorer or even like your more like specialised bets, which are like cards and stuff like that. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know enough about it. And I kind of came away from doing stuff like that with, because I, I don't know, the listeners might want to know, I, I used to do some writing for a, for a betting page on Twitter. And it was largely out of, boredom with work mm. it was largely because they were good I, yeah it was largely because I, I wanted to to write about football and it was kind of a way in and it's something that's been spoken about in the Guardian podcast can you do it do football and yeah yeah not morally kind yeah. of attachment in it and like I, I always framed it as like and I think the page always framed it as um, it was our picks it was what we were back what we would pick yeah yeah you don't have to that's fine but then I do realise how, how easy influence people are as well. So it, that was always difficult. But um, yeah, I don't don't really do that now. So I think that, that has been kind of a conscious effort to try and move away from stuff like that. I'll come back to that because I want to ask you something else about that. Ryan then, so same question to you. Can you watch football without betting on it? Could you have a footballing weekend and go, I'm not having a bet all weekend? Yeah, yeah. I- I probably choose not to most of the time, but I certainly could, and I certainly have done in the past. And what I would say is I don't massively enjoy doing it on on a one-off game. So say there was one game in the day, I'm kind of like the whole hacker, the whole as as Pop said, um, doing it with you, either your friends or there being loads of games on. That's what interests me. If I'm just going to sit down and watch England on a Tuesday night, I'm not going to bet bet on it really. I don't really have any interest in a one-off. Mm. Um, it is the whole group element to it and and touched on um the nfl then nfl like historically i always liked basketball growing up i played it a little bit i didn't ever bet on it i watched it when i could and then the last few years i've got into the nfl a lot more i always always liked it but i didn't really fully understand it Mm. and i found myself sometimes betting on that in the same way you would in football either betting on teams or there's like accumulators you can do for first touchdown score and stuff but I've also found is that's not as common because I play fantasy football and I'm quite into it and I do actually think for those who are listening and thinking well how do I stop I love that enjoyment of having some involvement with the You're game having a stake in it. if you actually play fantasy football it can have a similar effect um, because the higher you get off like scoring points for your player is while it's not financially rewarding, you do still get a bit of a buzz. You have something that gives you a stake in a game. Mm. So if you don't have to, like, I have an attachment to Tramie Rovers. I like the 49ers, but the attachment's nowhere near the same. So when I'm watching the game, for them not to just become players, I have an attachment to them through something else. Mm. In the same way, if I had a first touchdown bet, I'd have them in a fantasy league. And I think that could be quite helpful. It really can to have something that gives you that in-play Satisfaction when yeah, something point, happens. Scott, um, Scott Davis said the same thing, didn't he? he? Said he tries that. You know, he'll give himself an imaginary, I don't know, thousand pounds and and try and pick the winners on a Saturday, in, yeah. particularly in horse racing. And he said, more often than not, I don't win. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is fine. Yeah. I think that's kind of a uh, that's much more of a healthy way of, of looking at it and going, mm. oh, hang on, here's the actual statistics because I'm still going to wonder whether you'd still gamble in the same way. Is it kind of like rather than going cold turkey, yeah. you know, like the same way that like if you're trying to lose weight, you shouldn't just not eat anything bad yeah. ever because mm. it'll make you crave it more. Mm. It's about about giving yourself enough. Feast and famine's dangerous. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think if you look at it with, with compared it to like other other addictions. Uh, too much of anything's going to make you not very well mm. and too much of anything's going to destroy certain parts of your life so I, I yeah. think that's the way it needs to be done unfortunately 
I don't think until more recently, say in the last few years, this has ever been a, a a thing that's like widely spoken about. It's always kind of hushed away and like blah blah blah. And particularly with like certain events, it's all like glamorized and stuff on the telly. And I think we're going to come on to you know what we'd like to see at football matches later. But like with adverts as well, like they don't take it seriously. So that's 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 kind of nicely brings me on to the next question. Would be. Have you ever can you can you have a match day experience? Can you have a football going, you know, a football watching experience and not interact with gambling? What do you mean what do you mean interact? Well, so you could, for example, have a match day experience mm. or a football experience and not interact with, with alcohol. Yeah. Okay. Can you do that with gambling? Is that something that you've been you, you can do? Yeah. Or is that almost impossible to do? Um and just from your own experience? From my experience, yeah, I think it's easy. It's not easy for anyone uh, who's certainly started gambling and is interested in gambling. Uh, but I think you can go to games and, and completely... I don't think you can ignore it because there might be stuff going on with your friends and stuff where, where they're gambling in, uh, as well or, or whatever. Um, there'll always be reminders that like there's you know side-hold and sponsors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think for yourself, I think you can completely ignore that whether you should or not I don't know because mm. um, I think there should be something done about the amount of gambling companies and, and, and what have you on, on shared sponsors um, but uh, what I would say is that that whole season for Leicester when they won the title mm-hmm. what's the one thing you remember about 5,000 to 1 there you go and I think that needs to stop that needs to stop what, what needs to happen is that 5,000 to 1 doesn't matter that doesn't mean that it was one chance in 5,000. What needs to be focused on is that they were a fucking good football team. Well, they were just the best team <laughs> that season. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's just, it, that, that doesn't help. So when you when you refer it back, and I think it's coming to, it's coming to football occasionally, and particularly on, like, Sky Sports and stuff, and, and like, there will be odds, like, shown well, up. Yeah, and, like and with next like, manager yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's really, I think what what's really hard to do is disassociate the two things. Ryan, same question to you then. Do you would you say like you would kind of find that the the match day experience the football experience is almost kind of intrinsically linked with an element of gambling? Yeah, I I agree with what Ant said. Can you avoid the action of gambling? Yes, of course you can. Can you avoid the influence of gambling? Of his hand and no. So it is very much dependent on the person. You are responsible for your own actions. But if you are a suggestible person, if you are somebody who's maybe recovering from gambling, it's not really fair that it's thrusted in your face, and it is. We're quite fortunate at Tramley that we've got owners that really want to distance themselves from gambling, apart from um, probably contractual obligations such as having Skybet banners where you have to have it when you're on TV because they sponsor the league. Um, they've made a stance that is going to be that we're not going to have betting terminals, we're not going to have sponsorship on those type of things. But for a lot of people, that's not the case. Mm. And we can talk about how many shared sponsors there are and all those things, but it is massively intrinsically linked to the to the experience of football. And what I don't like is the influence that some of the channels have as well. So if you're watching it at home, I could be watching Sky Sports and the commentary is by people who are paid by Sky and have Sky views and are presented in a certain way. And at half-time, I could see the odds for a Sky bet. And I think that games Sky have got too much of a link to that match, too much of an influence on how we're seeing and portraying the game to then offer us odds at half-time. I think it is massively wrong. Mm. And I'm not saying it's 
Well, they're both they're both framing the coverage and the story of the match, exactly, and also offering you the chance so to try and bet on it. And it's like when you watch boxing, often people will say, "Watch boxing without the commentary, and you'll see a different fight," because you're seeing a lot of the boxing through the commentary, mm. which is because you trust in their voice, aren't you? Exactly. And I'm not saying for any minute that it's a big conspiracy and the commentators know what they're doing, but it's still their views and it's yeah. still massively influ- influential. It's how the yours. industry is set up. So if you up, go. Oh, Rooney's getting closer. If he keeps getting chances like that, he's, he's probably going to score the next half-time one. Half time, eight to one. Rooney which next is, goal, which is, which is kind of an innocent thing. But I think if you, yeah, if you're viewing it, in, it's in, got in insidious that way, implications. It's massively it can, insidious. Yeah, yeah, it can have those implications. Yeah, you are completely right. Yeah. So then I'm going to move us on to 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 Bray. The next question we asked Bray because it, it kind of moves on to some of the stuff that we're talking there about, which is what are the type of things that we'd like to see as football fans come into you know, into sort of legislation around gambling. So the next question that we asked Bray was, is the relationship between football and gambling damaging to the future of the sport? The relationship between gambling, not just football, but a lot of sports is, I don't know if it's damaging, but I would say it, it's making it a lot more normalised and a culturally part of a routine. Um I mean, with horse racing, gambling and is always going to be associated with horse racing. Same with dog racing. That that they've gone hand in hand for years and years back in you know history of time, and that's essentially what those sports are there for to gamble on. Um, but other sports like, um, for example, obviously football. Um, there's been a massive increase in the gambling advert sponsorship, things like that, um, which has then sort of normalised betting, um, and it started to create a link for people between. Um, football, going to football, watching football, having a bet on that match, um, it, especially among you know y- younger the young, younger generations, you know it's something that I see an alarming trend of y- young men who are going to football and, and all betting on football, and it's 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 normalising it, and there might be you know some of those people who can do it responsibly, but over time there will there will be others that won't and i do think we are in the process of breeding a generation of problem gamblers which is going to have a massive knock on effect on society in the next 20 30 years if the government and other people do not act now um i do believe that um there is a sort of a fight back is on against all the gambling adverts in sport i know in spain I think I think it's Spain that they've banned all gambling um, sponsorship on football shirts, and I do think that is something that will come here. Um, I think the the sort of the gambling has snuck up on on everyone, and all of a sudden these gambling companies got all this power and money, and they're the ones who can pay the most on to sponsor a shirt or to sponsor a team or the advertising around the pitch. So clubs have done it because they want the money, but actually now people are realising the damaging effects that this is having on people. Um, we've seen, you know, with alcohol banned on, you know, adverts and shirt sponsors, you know, Newcastle used to be sponsored by Brian, Brown Ale, but that won't happen anymore. Cigarettes, you know, so we're, we're starting to see that gambling is now the, the one that's taking over, but the, I guess, the, so to speak, the fight back is on. And I saw something that was interesting um, a couple of, um, I think it was about a couple of weeks ago, a month ago on uh, online, and uh, Swansea are sponsored by um, a gambling company i think it's a chinese company i'm not sure and they released a number of shirts without the gambling sponsor i'm not sure if there was another sponsor on it or it was just plain anyway that shirt completely sold out and there was a survey as well as that fans you know would rather buy a shirt without having a gambling sponsor on it 
So there is this growing trend between, I think, fans and just the general public that the gambling is saturating the football industry, sporting industry, but not but just the whole advertising industry as well. I mean, I, I watch TV showgrams on like Discovery and History and his gambling adverts on there. Um, so if there's gambling adverts on those channels, then there's way too many gambling adverts in sport. And like we know. So yeah, I definitely think that gambling is damaging people's perception and normalising gambling in sport as a whole, um, and especially football in this country. But it's great to see that there is um, a so-called, you know, fight fight back um, going on and people are supporting it. It's not just individuals who have struggled with their gambling in the past. It's actually members of the public who don't even gamble, who are just fed up with all the adverts and they think it's over the top. So, yeah, I think... um, things are starting to change but hopefully not too much damage has been done to too many people um, before the changes fully come into place what would you like to see happen in terms of gambling and and football as match going fans and Ant I'm I'm going to come to you first okay Uh, just in in terms of gambling itself I I, I don't really like those adverts on on the tally I, I think they make a mockery of it really I think you get more of a reaction from you know, hard-hitting adverts. That might just be a personal view, but I think if you make it a joke, it's it's not very it's not very powerful. It's making I, making light of it, what is destroying yeah, people's lives? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think if you are in that situation, are you gonna listen to it? You're just gonna just you know look at it and go, "Wow, great!" It's not that bad, is it? It's not that bad. It yeah. must be fine. If a wrestler's gonna come in the pub and like choke slam me or something, that's rubbish. Well, we, rubbish. We talked about um, the amount of clubs that have betting sponsors on this shirt it's it's 27 out of the top 44 clubs have a betting company on this shirt so is that something that you think football needs to be harder on absolutely yeah. and also I mean Wayne Rooney's number 32 why is he number 32 because he's sponsored by yeah. a gambling company yeah. with the name 32 Red and I think that was an absolute travesty really when that mm. happened I think that was a kind of a tipping point where people have gone that's not that's not good like, it's great to have Wayne Rooney back in English football and it's not his fault by any means, but if if you're getting he, I would say he must hold some responsibility because he he must know he he obviously knows that the reason he's number thirty two and the reason that he, they've been able to afford to bring him back is because of thirty two red. He must be aware of that. It's difficult though. I think it, this is a bit off off the point, but it's difficult because he's been offered a coaching job. He's been offered a job to play football. I know there were a lot of players clubs that would have offered him. Of the money, but you know it is difficult, and I think when you tie it in with the the other elements of that job, with the coaching role and etc., that's difficult for him. That is hard. But he but, doesn't. He's no, Wayne Rooney. He I, could have. He could have gone anywhere. Look, I, I agree, but I think the, the the bigger thing is the allowance of, of a gambling company yeah, to be yeah. able to go and do that. And that's the legislation, yeah, isn't it? For a, for a start, it, it's um, it's just difficult, isn't it? I, I think what you want to see is less gambling sponsors, and if less ones that you can't even gamble on in this country. Ryan, do you think then if they put a, a blanket ban on it, I mean, we've got things like the whistle to whistle and other sort of things that are, that are being brought in. We don't have cigarettes. You can't advertise cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You can't have Carlsberg. can't be on Liverpool's top anymore. Is that is that actually banned now? Which? Like the uh, alcohol ones? I don't think fully. Or has I, it just been like a I know Woodford's Brewery involved in... Norwich, but that's like stand sponsored. I don't yeah. know if it's on the shirt, I can't remember. But but we, we, do we think then that that should be because 
one of the big so the the opposition to doing that is you know football relies on on the money that gambling brings in but do we think then that what it's losing out on the other sides of it in terms of how it's impacting supporters do we think the football has a moral obligation to the people that watch it to the people that they know they're influencing and, and love the sport to remove that as a as an issue or do you think that they're as we've seen recently too governed by the bottom line to be bothered about that I think it goes back to the other issues where they leave it in the club's hands and people want to make money people want to be competitive so if everyone's getting sponsored by gambling companies then you're not going to turn it down unless you're a really strong individual um or a really strong club owner, I should say. So I think it probably does require better legislation and probably potentially a blanket ban from the FA or the EFL to, to stop everyone doing it, to create a level playing field. And what you'll probably find is it'll be replaced by something else, but hopefully it's replaced by something less dangerous. Maybe fashion companies get more involved or something along those lines. Um, so I think something does need to be done because when you look at a, a bingo advert on telly, it's always a woman, isn't it? Sat in a house somewhere playing bingo. And it's the same with football fans. It's there for a reason because that's the target audience. Mm. It's young men or men of sort of 18 to 50, whatever you want to call it. It's there for a reason. So I think it has to be removed in some shape or form. If, if we know it's that, it, if it is as influential as we think it is, then I can't see how we can continue to turn a blind eye to it. And I think there's more to it than than just shared sponsors because I must admit I gamble. I don't take much interest in a shared sponsor. I think it's but all it, the other stuff. But I is think it it's not the it, advertising? Yeah. And, and it's just its natural relationship. So if you look at Paddy Power, I actually enjoy the videos they do, but they're not soft when they're doing them. No. It's always with football stars or with Peter Crouch. Or, do you know what I mean? It's so. Does, so I suppose then another question would be, and it goes back to the thing you were saying before, Ant, about when you were doing the the writing for the the, the betting tips Twitter accounts. Do you look at those people that take those jobs with betting companies such as Paddy Power? Does it make you think differently about them as individuals that they're promoting that type of thing despite the kind of well-publicised issues with gambling in this country, particularly around football? Um, Do you think, so would you look at Peter Crouch and think, you don't need that money, you should be better than doing that? Just, do they have a moral obligation to not do that way? It's difficult. Uh, I would like to say, yeah, no one will get involved in any of that. And, you know, we can we can have all these morally conscious people, but it's just not going to be the case for for crowds. Obviously, earn a lot of money. Don't want to speak on his behalf, but yeah, you probably shouldn't need it. And I would say that these companies are trying, or uh, trying should probably be in air quotes here. Their, their bottom line is responsible gambling. It is everywhere on their sites, and it is. Are they being seen? Are they doing? Is that an optics thing? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's if they the, didn't have to do it, would they do it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think that's the that's the sad thing about it is that the, there are these absolute horror stories where people have basically been groomed to to gamble more and, and mm. be encouraged more and get in. It's just an absolute mire of, of debt and and problems and health problems as well. So I, I think it is really difficult. I think for what do we need to happen? I think we need less of it. And I think Paddy Power have actually, they've done it out of their own self-interest, but in the same way that like dry January is out the uh, out a beer company's self-interest, they will put money behind that to promote it because they know February will come around and people will go back to drinking their favourite well, beer. I, it, I, I, I think, 
I can't remember where I heard it once, but like with dry January and uh, Stoptober and all those type of things, they're ultimately just a big mark free marketing campaign for alcohol companies, aren't they? Of course they are. Yeah, and it's it's that's difficult as well. That's difficult to mm-hmm. to learn and, and to deal with. There are very obvious charitable reasons why people would do that to raise money, to raise awareness of alcohol problems, and and with gambling, there's nothing uh, other than. And, and with the shared sponsors, Paddy Power have like sponsored teams. Or just to, failed to, with them, uh, Yeah, Newport to not have a shared sponsor. But they, when I read it, they kind of came from behind the point of like they look ridiculous, they're too big, and and this and that. And it wasn't the fact that like it was a gambling company on there. It was just like, oh, wasn't it meant to be like the old days when we used to have like Topman and and Doritos and stuff? And that just would, on that though, it, what if you're a gambling company and you get told like we're going to limit your advertising? Would you turn around and say, well, how come all these Sainsbury's can go buy this bottle of gin for £12 now? Like, but I don't where think, do you draw I don't, the line on that? But I suppose I suppose that it, it's the same conversation that we were actually having off air. Like, it's like two wrongs don't make a right. Mm. So you can only, you know, just because doing that is wrong doesn't mean we should do everything that's wrong. No, but all wrong. this is written into sort of legislation, isn't it? What you can and can't it do is, on TV but and what, what, what for, you can and can't but, advertise. So they're going to say you're not allowing us to But ultimately all product. the football clubs and the broadcasters could just turn it down. They could just turn around and say we're not involving yeah. ourselves in it because in the same way that they don't advertise Benton and Hedges and they don't advertise alcohol. I would, I've just done a Google here. There isn't actually anything to stop uh, football teams having alcohol companies on their shirts. They've just made a decision not to do it. Mm. And I wonder if it's it's an optics thing as much as anything else. I think else. as well, the the price of um, sponsoring has gone up that much. I don't think a lot of these brewers could probably afford to. Mm. You're not gonna. You're not really gonna want to pump fifteen million pounds into a, a year on a shirt. Sponsor and I suppose like the top brewer. Yeah, the top six as well. And now that was another thing that I think they talked about in that Guardian episode was about the fact that the top six aren't the clubs that get sponsored by. Gambling companies because the companies that sponsor the top six and often, are, are bigger again, aren't they? And often with the Brewers, there was always a link to the area. You had Newcastle Brown uh, for Newcastle. Yeah. You? you had uh, tenants for Rangers. Um, you always tenants. Carlsberg for Liverpool, Denmark. Well, I think they didn't they have some. <laughs> didn't they have something with Canes at some point? Maybe or. I don't know. It used to have crown paints, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was not. We had Wirral Borough Council for about twenty years, yeah. didn't we? It was always linked to the area, which was quite nice. But now you've got. Japanese symbols on the front there. Yeah. don't even know what it means. Or as you said, where they're from or what they do. So final question then for, for both of you, because this is about football fans and can you be a football fan? Can you avoid gambling and be a football fan? And I would suggest that probably ultimately what we've come to is that you, you can't avoid it. It's impossible to avoid it. And and whether or not you should even try is, is a different question. So then as football fans, and all three of us are match thing football fans you know we go to the match we watch it on telly we listen to podcasts we discuss it we do this we enjoy it with our friends and we all play it as well so we probably consume football in all of the ways that it can be consumed so as football fans what can we do in terms of being responsible with regards to potential problem gamblers who are friends of ours who are family of ours who may be us ourselves, how do we, what can we do to be responsible around that? And I'm going to come to you first. I think you've got to be, uh, you don't judge for a start. I think if anyone's going through those issues, don't. that's not going to help. It's going to like give a, a, a worse reaction, really. Mm-hmm. Just be there and, and, and just say, like, look, th- this is the thing that's not uncommon. 
that's not a a, a, a rare thing it, it, it happens it's easy for it to happen I think people have got to understand the ease of yeah. of how how simple it is to, to, to go and, and, and lose a, a lot of money or spend a lot of money or commit a lot of money to gambling uh, and I think if you start those conversations as well and I think if you start them younger as well I think my I've always been a big advocate of we need to start explaining this to, to teenagers and we need to start putting this into schools and saying, look, alcohol is bad, drugs are, drugs are bad. Uh, well, alcohol addiction is bad, drug addiction is yeah, yeah, awful. Yeah. So is a gambling addiction, and these are, these are what you need to look out for. Look, gambling is is an okay thing to do. It's not not the be-all and then, not the, the worst thing in the world. You can do it without yeah, you, being an addict. You, you yeah. absolutely can. And I think that, that needs to change as well from, from, from adverts. It needs to stop being a, you either gamble or you don't. Teach people how to gamble responsibly teach them those ways and if that comes from maybe limiting gambling accounts to being allowed one per person I've got about 40 like that's ridiculous you shouldn't be allowed that many options for such a dangerous product Mm. you shouldn't be allowed that many options if if it is a dangerous product and people are viewing it that way that shouldn't be an issue like it shouldn't be shouldn't be allowed and get it get it into the schools earlier and get it get it round and get people talking about it and go actually it is really difficult. And if it is your mate, put him around, put your arm around him and go, look, mate, what are you doing? Think how much that could could help you. You want to go on a holiday next year? Yeah, that 200 quid you've just spent could go towards that. And it's just, it's just laying bare those facts. And when you look at it, it's horrifying. It's like when you look at what you eat. And it's yeah, like when yeah. you see those eat well for less things and you're like... They go on the show and they go, oh, this is how much you spend in, in Tesco. They put those big vats of sugar on the fucking <laughs> yeah. table. It's just, it's just like they go, oh, this is how much you spend in Tesco. It's how much you spend a year on food. And look, food's important. Obviously, that's not a, not a big thing. But the, the 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 way you spend that money, it is so. Find that balance. Yeah, absolutely. And when we did the Scott Davis episode, which was a a little while back, which you know you should go and check out. It was it was really interesting. We actually had a, a bit of a conversation in our WhatsApp group with the lads that we play football with and the lads that we go to match with, some of them as well. And it was quite an honest conversation, wasn't it, about about gambling as well. And that was really interesting. I think keeping that up is important. Ryan, then to kind of finish us off, what would you suggest doing as a football fan around yeah. other football <clears throat> fans around going to match? What are the responsible things that you would feel about doing? Two things, really. I think as, as somebody, if you're, you're gambling yourself... Don't glamorise it, which which is a danger. I think you often see it where the first thing people do when they win a bet is they put it on social media. Look what I've just done. Look what I've just won. I don't think it's something you should really do. I think um, you end up portraying it as something that's the norm mm. um, when really you would never portray the dark side of gambling. You never put a photo up of your bet that's lost unless maybe... You lost were, by one. Yeah, like a last-minute goal or something. You'd never put your reaction up to being angry if a bet not coming in. And I think you need to be vigilant with your friends as well. Um, it is, it's a form of an addiction. It's a form of ill mental health, and I think it needs to be seen as such. We've talked about it on before, spotting signs of somebody who's maybe feeling um, a bit low or maybe somebody who's feeling a little bit depressed. You'd, you'd look for the signs. I think you've got to look for the signs in gambling. We've had it before. How many times have we been at, at a footy match and sat on your row and gone, get off your phone? What the match? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they're looking at the bets. Mm. But instead of disregarding that, let's let's have a little think about that. Why are you looking at your phone constantly? You, you've paid to watch your team play. Mm. You're not watching them. You're we watching some that. German <laughs> second division team. Yeah. What are you doing? And I've been guilty of it myself. 
Oh, we've I all th- done it. All of us, yeah. all of us and, have done and it. And I think we need to, we, as I've said, you need to be vigilant with it. You need to be noticing if it's getting out of hand with your friends and, and yourself, have some self-awareness. Are they now suddenly betting on sports you don't know? Are they betting on hockey? Are they betting on netball? Are they betting on things they know nothing about? The worst one, virtual races. Are they betting on things because it's the most available thing to bet on and they know nothing about it? There's certain trigger points I think we need to be aware of, which is if you're betting on football, and I bet quite a lot on Weber League because I feel like I know more about it or I have some knowledge of it. Yeah. I don't like betting on sports I know absolutely nothing about because what is what is the point what you're betting on? I've done it before probably a bit with horse racing. I can apply the tiniest bit of knowledge, look at a bit of form, do I recognise a jockey? Grand scheme of things, I know very little about horses. I know very little about the grounds and the lengths. I don't even know what a fairlong is, <laughs> but I've, I sometimes check what previous fucking fairlongs they've run. Don't bet on what you don't know. You yeah. shouldn't really even bet that much on what you do know, but certainly do not bet on what you don't know. So I think in terms of your original question, Dan, the changes we need to make is don't glamorise it as something sexy because it isn't and be vigilant with your friends and family members. Yeah. You'll enjoy it more as well. Yeah. Like if you follow those, if you follow that kind of mentality, you will enjoy it more and you will recognise, oh, hang on, it's getting out of hand there, so I'll stop it for a bit. And when you do that, that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with going... Oh yeah, I'm I'm struggling. I'm gonna shut it down for a couple of months. Oh, I, I might aim for this. You know, if it's horse racing, you might aim for the Cheltenham Festival. If you want that week, have that week, but be responsible in that week as well. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, set yourself a limit. Set yeah. yourself a budget. If you're watching exactly. a game of football this weekend, or you're gonna watch Super Saturday, try put your phone in a different room and watch it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, make a little, make a little baby steps towards taking that link away from having your phone in your hand while a football match is going on. Remove. The, the natural element of betting and football make a little thing of changes in your life yeah 100% lads thank you very much for, for your thoughts and for your, for your honesty and time today um, just before we finish I'm going to point you in the direction of of some sort of you know some organisations some websites that are, that are useful the obvious one is Be Gamble Aware uh, which is a national gambling helpline which is a free phone 24-7 that number is 0808 and uh, they've obviously got a website which is begambleaware.org and you're there on Twitter as well just search begambleaware uh, there's an app which is called Gamban um, which essentially you can basically install it and it'll ban you from using all of the gambling apps that are on your phone that's always useful to, to have as well and this episode is obviously brought to you in conjunction with Gamstop uh, Gamstop lets you put controls in place to help restrict your online gambling activities uh, you can find them at gamstop.co.uk they're also on Twitter as well and yeah we'd just like to thank Gamstop for, for helping us out with this episode and putting us in touch with Bray and, and for Bray for taking the time out to answer the questions and, and give us some thoughts you can find us at, at market underscore man and don't forget to use the the hashtag where's the talking lads our next episode is out on monday with rob warner and uh, yeah we'll see you then thanks for listening